This is Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Happy New Year, brother. Oh, God. I'm still hungover. Not really. I don't drink that much, but I had to say it, right? <laughs> play, play, the, play the role. <laughs> so 2023 is here. It's happening and uh, incredible. Amazing. Oh, Hard to believe. Yeah. 22, 21, and 20 dragged on. And then you look back at it and you go, damn, it went quick. As it tends to do when you get to our yeah. age, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, and I got 10 years on you, so, yeah. Yeah, so. you don't look a day over it, though. I'm the one with the gray hair. <laughs> um, so, what a way to start off the new year. We bring the uh, Eastern Chapter Boys on the on the podcast, and uh, this was a bit, <laughs> bit of tough work for them. We had to record and then re-record, mm-hmm. um, so thanks to, um, to all three of them. So, we had Doug Bennett, Rob Rogan, and Steve Quisenberry on the podcast and we got caught up in all things um, Eastern Chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation. It was a great chat with these guys. Oh, round two. It was it was even more fun. I had a blast the first time listening to them. But yeah, recording issues showed up and uh, the, the wizarding abilities of me, I couldn't make it work. It was just a nightmare with <laughs> recording. There's drop, dropped audio. But yeah, I really appreciate them coming back on for round two. And I, I think it's going to be a good listen for everybody. Yeah, so uh, we'll jump into more of that in a second. But um, for those of you that entered, uh, signed up as a member in the last uh, few months of the year, we had our membership promotion. So um, we uh, will have announced the winner now. So if you didn't get the call, sorry. But uh, uh, thanks again to our conservation partners for all the great support um, for, to make this happen. So one of our lucky new members came up with a $1,000 um gift certificate or, or opportunity to spend with our conservation partners. So uh, Precision Optics, Stone Glacier, Swarovski, Sitka Gear, Yeti, and our Gunworks, all six. Um, great opportunities to support them. And somebody walked away with a grand uh, that can spend with any one of those uh, great, uh, great sponsors of our conservation initiatives. So um, if you missed out, we do have something for you still. So uh, we've got the new uh, Wild Sheep Foundation Weatherby uh, Thinhorn r- Edition rifle that we're going to give away. It's going to be given away at our Life Member Breakfast on March 11th. So um, we're giving this away to one lucky Life Member. You don't have to be in attendance to win. You don't have to buy anything. If you're a Life Member, if you're on our list on the day we draw it on March 11th by uh, the end of our uh, Life Member Breakfast, you're in to win this rifle. And uh, all you need to do is sign up as a life member. Uh, Monarchs get extra chances. If you want more chances to win, come to the life member breakfast in Kamloops, and you get extra chances to win as well. So we're going to draw the winner of that at our life member breakfast. Uh, this is a six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars rifle package. Oh, it's package. beautiful. It's got oh, it's, it's absolutely stunning, gorgeous. And uh, you don't need to do anything. You just need to be a life member. So if you're thinking about signing up as a life member. This is the time to do it. You're going to get your name in for that drawing. If you think you might want to up the game and become a monarch, you get extra chances. And if you want even more chances, come to Life Member Breakfast, and you're going to get a great opportunity. So, oh, uh, oh yeah, this so thing, thing's, it's what's it's it's a six five RPM, right? It's it's with a loophole scope. It's just it's jacked. Looking at the pictures of it, I want it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's got a loophole VX five HD. I've, I run that exact scope on my. Uh, 
of my gun work setup, and I love it. Absolutely stunning uh, scope and, and beautiful. And uh, comes with a Boyd hard case and uh, just absolutely incredible setup. And somebody's going to be yes. pretty darn happy. That life member yeah, brush. super limited edition too, right? It's what, Thinhorn edition they're calling it? It's got the logo on the floor plate. Uh, Chadwick Ram is on that, the action. I, I want the damn thing, so I'm tempted to, to monarch up again. Yeah. <laughs> carbon barrel as well. It's yes. Got carbon barrel on it. Um, so yeah, you're, and, and as you know, you're automatically in as a life member, so you don't have to do anything. And just to be clear, you don't need to be at the life member breakfast. Yeah. You get extra chances if you show up on top of it, but you don't need to be there. So if you can't make cam loops for whatever reason, but you're thinking about, um, you know, up in your chances as a life or monarch member, just go and buy a membership. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. So, I want that gun. Love love to have you have you sign up and and yeah for sure even my name is in the drawing on that one so but of course i could never win anything <laughs> <'cause, yeah. laughs> i feel that pain oh goodness my name's been in there yeah. so many times and i just no you haven't drawn it yet but one day one day yeah for sure okay um what else do we have for you cam loops uh, cam loops tickets are on sale yeah, so, they're almost sold. Uh, get your tickets. Uh, Tom Foss is the keynote. Uh, got a great presentation from him. We got great seminars. Uh, got Adam Foss doing a, a mountain hunting seminar. Um, we got tons of stuff this year. You guys are going to love it. So um, this is the first time we've been together in a few years, and we're planning something really special for you. We've upped the number of tickets this year. We've increased our vendor uh, exhibitor space. So um, things are looking really good for that. So Get over to wildsheepsociety.com, go to Kamloops Convention AGM, and get signed up. Yep, that's pretty awesome. We got uh, a fun-filled, exciting 2023 planned, and this is the first podcast of it, so I think we're good. Awesome. So with that, we're we're going to hear from the good guys and gals over at the Eastern Chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation. Uh, you're going to hear lots about what they're doing. They got a, a bunch of great programs. I'm honored to be a life member with these guys and uh, you'll hear on the podcast that anyone the first three people that sign up as a member with the eastern chapter uh, i'm going to buy you a membership to wild sheep society bc so if you're thinking about joining either one go over buy buy a membership there and uh, rob's going to keep an eye on it and the first three people that sign up uh, from this podcast we're going to buy you a membership to wild sheep society of bc just a regular one year. I'm not buying it like Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, love to have you join their cause. Love to have you join our cause. So uh, with that, episode 107, Eastern Chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation. Enjoy. The perception of hunting you know, ha- has changed. It's our duty now, our responsibility as hunters to change it back and we've spent the last few decades trying you know espousing that that message preaching that message about wildlife conservation you know we've it's fallen on deaf ears all of our attempts i think what what we have to do is is maybe uh, appeal to the emotional side or the visceral side we have to tell our story we know what we are we know how deeply we care about wildlife it's just the people out there that are that are you know voting to get rid of hunting, they don't understand our stories. Sometimes we we have to translate it to something that they understand. (laughs) 
So for our listeners, we uh, we tried this a few weeks back and had some technical issues, and uh, yeah, we're you guys are great and humored us, and you came back on the podcast. So we're doing take two here. So um, we're expecting perfect answers. So we're joined today by uh, three great guys from the Eastern Chapter Wild Sheep Foundation, and um, and I I don't use those terms lightly. And uh, we got to know you on the last podcast and had some good laughs, and we're going to do the same again tonight. So. I guess we'll just uh, go around the screen here, and we'll start with you, Rob, and just get a little background on who you are and why you showed up tonight. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Kyle. So, uh, yeah, so Robert Rogan, president of the Eastern Chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation, uh, been involved with the chapter for probably the, the better part, somewhere between eight and ten years. I, I, I really don't know when I started. It's all kind of a blur at this point, and, and for some reason, the the board was kind enough to nominate me into this seat. So, you know, trying to be pivotal and uh, and making a difference with uh, with the direction of the chapter and uh, and and kind of where things uh, where things are going. But um, a little bit about my background. I didn't grow up as a hunter. I, I actually didn't start hunting till my mid twenties. I, I went on a, a bird hunt as a goof for a, a bachelor party and just had such a great time. And uh, and that kind of led to deer hunting, and that quickly led to exploring all the, the the game out west and mountain hunting which led directly to sheep and like i said eight ten years ago i i i found this i found this chapter that was not far from my home in new york and uh i met some guys like doug bennett and and steve quiz quizenberry you guys are going to meet here in just a second and uh Found a good home, and it's 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 been nothing but uh, a pleasure to associate with these folks uh, over that amount of time. So, uh, thank you for for stepping up in that role. I know that uh, president of a, a chapter is not an easy task. So, there's a lot of moving parts and uh, a lot of responsibility, and uh, pretty cool to do that. And um, awesome. So, um, Doug, over to you. Yeah, Doug Bennett. Uh, I'm actually uh, Rob's assistant, aka the vice president of Eastern Chapter. Uh, unlike Rob, I did grow up hunting and, uh, started probably when I was three years old hunting with my dad, Bo hunting. So, uh, you know, grew up reading the old outdoor lives when they had old Fred bear in there shooting old longbow going around the world, dreamed of hunting, um, started hunting out West probably in my thirties and, um, met a guy from Eastern chapter in 2011 and, uh, Man, it changed my life and changed my world. Became part of the Eastern Chapter, and I uh, knew I always wanted to hunt sheep. And about five or six, seven sheep hunts later, here I am, and uh, addicted as always. So it's it's been a good ride and a good uh, we good friends like Rob and Steve and everybody that's involved in the chapter. It's been a, it's been a great family for me. So awesome, very cool. And quiz over to you, Steve Quisenberry. Um, I, uh, hunted most of my life as a youngster, uh, went to college and, uh, played some sports and, and, um, kind of fell into the college, uh, routine and stopped hunting. And then in my early thirties, kind of picked it back up. And, uh, I, I found the wild sheep organizations and sheep hunting through Doug Bennett, um, about, uh, four years ago. We were uh, we we're fortunate here on the East Coast. We can off, offshore fish in the Gulf Stream for uh, tuna, mahi, marlin, whatever. And um, you know, when you're on a fishing boat with a group of three or four guys drinking beer, you, you talk about everything. And he started describing very passionately uh, his sheep hunts and his um, participation in uh, sheep hunting. 
And I mean, from that conversation on, I just went 150% at it. And I uh, was fortunate enough to book a couple hunts, harvest some sheep. And I uh, got involved with Eastern. Uh, it's my home chapter. Um, but I actually won a, uh, uh, the first year I even had heard about them. I, I played the lottery and, you know, I always tell people you can't win if you don't play. So I played their lottery for the Wyoming governor's bighorn tag and, uh, and they pulled my ticket. So I won it. And then after that, I thought I'd play it forward. So I joined them. Uh, I joined Wyoming, both of them as a life member since they kind of were the root for the tag. And then, uh, fortunate to meet everybody and then uh they asked me to be on the board and so now i'm on the board and uh i'm still going 150 percent um you know i tell people all the time if i'd moved to an area whether it was bc or wyoming or or one of the dakotas if i'd moved to an area and started hunting in the rocky mountains in my 30s or 40s for anything sheep elk anything i would be living there right now (laughs) but uh that's kind of my story Awesome, Steve. Uh, cool story. A uh, bunch of things I want to touch on, but let's start off with, for some of our listeners, a lot of people in the Wild Sheep Foundation world have a really good understanding of who and what Eastern does, but uh, there's probably people out there that don't know. And so you guys are a long way from uh, any wild sheep, and uh, sheep hunting, I hear, isn't that great in uh, in Pennsylvania these days. So uh, maybe, uh, you know, Rob, do you want to jump on that and just talk a little bit about, you know, um, how Eastern exists and, and how you capture, you know, the, the members you do and kind of some of the work that you guys do. If, uh, you know, we're raising sheep for sheep in our backyard or raising money for sheep in our backyard here in BC and pretty easy to get by. And you guys have a, I guess, a, a bit more of a challenge in, in that regard is that you're, you're sending money for sheep elsewhere. So let's talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. Yeah, so so thanks, Kyle. I, I mean, it really is. It's a unique, it's a unique challenge, but also a unique opportunity uh, that that Eastern has. Right, uh, obviously engaging many folks that probably for most of their lives have only hunted, you know, whitetail, turkey, you know, upland bird, you know, waterfowl, uh, things things to that nature. You know, engaging those folks in, you know. A, a, a species that they've never seen before. You know, everybody's seen a mule deer, everybody's seen an elk, everybody's seen an antelope, right? But, but, but many of these folks have never seen a wild sheep. And I could tell you just from the conversations I have around my local community, which is you know short short distance outside of New York City, um, they don't even know that that the United States has wild sheep, right? So, so engaging people to be passionate and and to get behind a conservation initiative is a challenge but the one thing when you do engage those people like myself like Doug like quiz like our board like all of our members right um, the, the the thing that's interesting is we get a hundred and ten percent behind it and and we know how important it is to make sure that resource is around for the next generation, right? And it's something that many of us that support this organization won't even have an opportunity to maybe hunt at any point in our lives because of the the, the, the limited opportunity to draw a tag, win a tag, you know, win a raffle, whatever it may be. But people support it because once they understand the need they also understand that our chapter is unique in that we really can support and fund the areas that most need our support, that that most need the funding because 
like you said, Kyle, we don't have sheep in our backyard. We, we can send our money to any state, any province, anywhere that needs the maximum amount of help. And, you know, it's, it's proof positive in Wyoming. And I'm sure we're going to touch on that later on the podcast. But, but it's just that our organization organizations like ours there's a few other chapters that don't have sheep within the kind of boundaries in which they represent they can make a difference in areas that have sheep that have need that maybe are underfunded so that's 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 where eastern stands right on so you know it's interesting too you look at the wild sheep foundation proper like the mothership and national whatever you want to call it you know, I think that was born out of the Midwest, right? I think it was Minnesota had started up or something like that. So it was, you know, it wasn't, uh, it, it didn't start in Montana. It didn't start out West, right? So I thought it was pretty interesting that, you know, a group of conservationists, and that, I guess that's one of the inspiring things about wild sheep is, you know, a lot of people, like you said, Rob, they're not even out there hunting sheep. And you guys are sending your money to Wyoming and you know, you've been generous. You've sent it to British Columbia, to Texas, so, you know. Um, so on that note, um, I, I'm not sure who wants to tackle this. If um, if you want to jump in, Doug, or but someone uh, talk a little bit about where where those funds go. Where, what projects do you support? How do you figure that out? Um, you know, who do you work with, and and that process, if you don't mind, some of the projects anyway. Yeah. So so over the last you know few years, again, this is Rob. I'll I'll, I'll tackle that one. You know, we we've we've been you know very fortunate to partner with with a lot of the different chapters and and funding projects and you know i know right here in bc we've put back about thirty thousand dollars over the past few years i know you know three years ago i think it was the dome mountain uh, stone sheep habitat um last year it was the nature trust and wilderness stewardship foundation and this year you know i know we were working with mike serby and you know we we were you know helping to fund that you know you know capture collaring and and study of you know the, the the sheep in the uh, the Kamloops Lake and South Thompson herd, uh, just because I know the, the the survival there has not been as good as many of the other herds in that in those regions. And uh, again, it's an area that 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 needed our attention. So you know we've got a good partnership with BC again, looking to looking to build upon that in, in years going forward. Um, you know we've got a really strong partnership with Wyoming. Uh, you know many years ago they started to support us with providing with us uh, with a governor's tag you know we started to raffle that off and and we adopted a sheep uh, sheep herd out in Wyoming you know we installed a, a guzzler for our herd we funded predator control funded a transplant um, where there's been just an absolutely amazing lamb recruitment and you know starting this year our herd is now being evaluated to be used as a source herd for other areas in the state so so that's been great. Um, you know, in Alaska, we support APHA, the Alaska Professional Hunters Association. Um, they protect hunters' rights, youth events. I mean, you know, again, kind of run the full gamut of, you know, why conservation is so important in Colorado and Idaho in the last couple of years. You know, we supported, um, I, I, I guess, the Dandlick Mesa and Crooked Creek sheep grazing allotments, right? So basically making sure that domestic sheep and wild sheep are prevented from, from mingling to prevent the spread of uh, pneumonia. In Texas this year, we supported um, the purchase of a, a new technology where rather than it taking two weeks to go from capturing, testing, getting the results, and basically defining what's going to happen with the sheep, to an hour turnaround um, on, on on examination of sheep to make basically make a decision are 
should they be allowed to be, you know, released back into the wild? Or do we have to take these critters out of, you know, out of circulation because they're spreading movie to other to other animals? And also that same technology is going to be utilized to study if the audad in those regions are actually being a cause or a catalyst to spreading movie. The audad in those areas are the prolific foragers they're very hardy so we're trying to understand uh in texas if audad are out grazing out feeding out competing the sheep or is it simply that they're spreading disease so again more more that we're more that we're looking to study there and again it's an area that we're funding and you know, obviously for our youth, both nationally and locally, you know, Ryan Brock through national, we, we, we support those guys. They come to our event every single year. They do a great job with our youth and organizations like the Cameron County youth organization, uh, youth organization locally, just getting behind our youth, ex- instilling the importance of conver- uh, conservation and uh, just making sure that uh, the next generation has a good foundation to kind of build upon for uh, for the years ahead. Right on, Rob. And, and on that note, um, literally three days ago, the guys were out in the field capturing those sheep. So um, Eastern Chapter stepped up this spring with a, a donation to this project. It's our South Thompson Kamloops Lake um, project. So there's 750 bighorns. It's down 50%. we got 375 left. We don't really know why. We've got a bunch of things that we think we know why. There's certainly coyote predation, a whole bunch of other stuff. But anyway, they were out on the landscape here this last week. Uh, they caught 40 bighorns and collared them. Um, so we're happy to report really successful project, um, in the, at least in the um, getting the collars on the landscape. And uh, hopefully over this next year, we'll have a really good understanding of what's going on so that we can put some management actions to use. So... Um, thank you to Eastern Chapter for making that a reality for us. And uh, without your support, we couldn't have done it. So, I think we bought fifty-two thousand dollars worth of collars. So that gives you an idea. And that doesn't—we haven't got our bill for the helicopter time, but it's—it's it's not going to be cheap. So, huge support from you guys, and thank you. Um, so, Rob, you talked about uh, your event. You talked about you. So, I guess that's kind of a nice segue. We can talk about projects again here in a bit because I know you guys do a ton of stuff, and you gave us a great overview, but. Um, if you guys want to, when you guys want to jump into the uh, jump into the fundraiser, what you guys do, I know in Lancaster you have a great event there, and just hear some great things about. I've never had the opportunity to go. I know Gray's coming out there as your keynote this year. Really excited about that. So I'd love to hear about what does your uh, fundraiser look like? Dates? Um, can people still buy tickets? What does that look like? Yeah. So the the dates are February seventeenth and eighteenth of uh, of next year. Uh, tickets are definitely still available. Um, you know, we've got we, we always put on a really good event. Uh, you know, on, on it's a Friday and Saturday. The Saturday there's a huge youth event that we do. Again, just trying to instill the next generation to you know recruit them and and maybe motivate the next board of directors to 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 say, hey, look, in fifteen years I could be where these old guys are, right? So that'll be that that's that's the goal there with the youth event and uh, and making sure that they understand how important uh, conservation is for 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 you know our wild spaces and places but you know 
the the event is always a great time. We've got a great group of exhibitors that always shows up. We have an awesome gala that goes on both Friday and Saturday evenings. We have live auctions, silent auctions, uh, the raffles, as you guys will see, you know, e- emails. It's available on our website, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, but really, it's just uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a it's a good group of people, and uh, we're always welcome to have you know welcome to have you know new folks uh, join us. Right on. So when you guys host this, do you guys get a lot of local people or is it people coming from all over kind of the, the East Coast or what kind of people are showing up to the event? I know like, you know, for instance, when we go to the Sheep Week, uh, a lot of locals will come to the exhibits and that sort of stuff, but a lot of people fly in too. So what does it look like? Yeah, um, we have a, a very diverse group of people that come in. You know, of course, we have exhibitors that come from around the world, you know, uh, whether it be New Zealand, Africa, you know, British Columbia, of course, Canada's Canada's well represented at our show. Um, but we do have we do get a lot of locals from PA. But then, being the only chapter on the East Coast, of course, uh, we do get you know people like me and Quiz. You know, we live six hours from where the show is. Uh, we get a lot of people from New York, Jersey. I mean, I, I don't know that we, we get people from Florida. I mean, it, it the, the, we pull pull a larger crowd. Um, it's not a, you know, a huge crowd per se, but it's, you know, I think our average attendance is, uh, for our banquet dinners is 400 ish right in that range. Am I correct, Rob, when I say that? Um, so, but you know, it's, it's a family and it's people we know and every year it seems like we get somebody new. Um, I remember when Rob came for the first time, uh, we, we kind of voted to let him keep coming. So, uh, uh, but no, it's 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 a great group of people, and we do uh, get a very geographically diverse crowd that comes in. Right on. Um, so t- talk a little bit about the youth events. You talked about Dr. Ryan Brock, and I know Ryan through Wild Sheep Foundation. They, he he supports a lot of chapter and affiliates events. What what goes on with you guys? What do you guys do at your show there for the youth? Yeah. So really, you know, again. There's there there it's a it's a great opportunity because it's the middle of February right there's not a lot going on out in the in the wilds and people are kind of hunkered down for the winter right so um, you know they they've got they've got everything from you know BB gun uh, you know target shoot they've got a they've got a 3D laser shoot but they also have all the biologists come out right from from everything from from wild sheep to to the Keystone guys that that you know basically manage the elk in our area. Um, you know, again, Pennsylvania elk, you know, does that sound right? But yeah, there's a, there's actually a decent herd of elk in our area. And it, it just gets the kids engaged and, and the ducks unlimited guys are there. They give out those, you know, the duck calls to the kids and the, the, the whole room blows up, you know, about mid afternoon with, uh, with all the kids, you know, with, with the duck calls this year, we have pheasants forever coming. We've got trout unlimited coming. And, and really the, 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 the whole idea is explaining to our youth how all of these different ecosystems kind of play on one another to, to educate them about why the preservation of all of it is just so damn important, right? So, so that's that that that's that's really what it comes down to, and and we'll advertise, you know, everywhere from local schools, you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you know, local colleges, you, you name it. We're we're basically putting the word out there. Say, hey guys, come check this out, have a good time, you know, join us, and uh, and our admission is free to get into the expo. So it's it's not even like there's a you know you you can come spend an af- afternoon for absolutely 
zero dollars. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys about was uh, one thing that stands out with Eastern for sure that I notice every single year is your raffle. So you guys have some pretty sweet setups, and um, you talk a little bit about what you're doing this year. But I, I understand there's some pretty lucky guys on this call that have won some raffles over the years. Um, but you know, I, historically, I remember you guys. There was a Corvette last year that I think you guys were raffling off. Uh, I think the year before that, you could get your Finaz. So um, I think most of our listeners know that what that's all about. So I see Doug's hands up there, and I, I, like I said, we've done this before. We kind of know the answer here. So over to you, Doug. Let's talk about uh, that raffle. Yeah. So we all, we already heard Quiz's lucky streak of. Uh drawing the Wyoming Bighorn tag. And I was fortunate enough uh, to draw the uh, Finos uh, about two th- uh, 2019, I guess it was, uh, that we gave away. And, you know, that's what really, uh, you know, we give away these large hunts. Uh, this year, you know, we're doing a uh, Bighorn hunt in uh, BC with Carter. Am I correct, Rob, on that? Um, we're also giving away a brown bear hunt uh yeah, horn edition rifle and um mountain caribou hunt so it's all in one tag you have four, uh, four mountain caribou to win. with uh um, gold yeah gold so that, that's our bit the big raffle we do every year and you know it, what's interesting about it is for instance a lot of people the guy that won our wyoming bighorn tag last year we did on a raffle he bought one ticket uh i bought one ticket quiz i don't know how many tickets you bought i think you bought more than six um the the well, year sick. he won but one ticket can win and these hunts were given away are you know quite frankly for me i have three kids so i'm not i'm not gonna go out and spend uh we all know what a wyoming bighorn tag costs at, at an auction nowadays i'm not gonna spend that on a wyoming bighorn tag or, or necessarily finaz uh you know to, to invest in a finaz all at one time so it's a great chance for everybody to get in and win not just somebody that's um, you know, to have a chance to sheep hunt or get a dream hunt of a brown bear or something and not have to, you know, put out the big dollar amount that it is. So it, it evens the playing out for everybody. So, and, and you know, Kyle, I would yeah. add, um, you know, some of the topics we've already discussed, uh, I'm fairly new to this whole environment. Uh, I mean, r- seriously, you know, I booked a hunt four years ago after talking to Doug, but I've been involved with wild sheep foundation and the different chapters and going to reno uh to sheep show for only two years and what i'll tell you about the eastern chapter is it's as much of an education chapter uh as it is um you know an active chapter because as rob said earlier we have people that come to our banquet uh you know our fundraiser that have hunted whitetail turkey maybe black bear their whole life and to watch their amazement as they, in the evolution of their mindset, uh, you know, for the conservation side of it and the, and the potential hunting side of it, it's just, it's, it's an incredible thing to watch. And I think if I had a message, uh, maybe this is an ending statement, but if I had a message, it's that, you know, National Wild Sheep Foundation seems to be the catalyst for all the different chapters. And, and, I want the other chapters to realize East Coast can be that as well, because as you, as we've discussed, we don't have sheep. So we have the ability to uh, uh, GIA any organization and not rob from our own sheep, uh, you know, conservation. We don't have sheep. So, uh, you know, I walk around Reno at the sheep show, introducing myself and shaking hands to all the chapters. 
and the conversations are just really, really fun for me because of the involvement we could bring to any organization, any wild sheep chapter in the world. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that that's one of the inspirations about our wild sheep family, right? You know, it, it truly is a family quiz. We talked about this last time, and I think, you know, and we all get into these leadership roles in these chapter affiliates because we think that way too, right? We, You know, that's the message we want to have. Um, you know, I, I've seen, you know, some competition in conservation. It's not, they say co- conservation is not competition, but it does happen to be like that sometimes. I don't feel like that with our community. Um, and I certainly see, you know, the Easterns of the world or the Midwest or the uh, Iowa Fanaz and, and others too, but... You know, there's really, truly a spirit of cooperation and, and a, a family uh, approach to it. And, you know, I, I'd like to hear your guys' kind of perspective on that. You've touched on that quiz, but because uh, it, you know, I look at it a little differently. Like we, you know, we really, we, we, we do support other chapter and affiliates. You know, somebody comes to us and they need some help. And, you know, the cool one was that um, that Nevada water hall two years ago, right? There was, um, do you guys remember the numbers on that? We raised over, I think it was $180,000 that were raised. Um, I think almost every chapter and affiliate contributed, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we sent five or $10,000 down to Nevada f- to support Bighorns down there. Um, it's, I think it's one of the strengths of our organization and through the leadership of the foundation. But um, it, it doesn't, it starts there, but it doesn't stop there, right? If we didn't have the support of guys like you, we wouldn't have this one tent, one campfire approach that the foundation has, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say this. Yeah, I agree. I've been around for ten years, and I would say in the past five years, the strength of the sh- of all the chapters coming together has really uh, flourished. Uh, you know, maybe in the beginning, you know, we kind of competed against each other, whether it's for donations or or whatever for our banquets, for our fundraisers. But it's been especially uh, the past five years through everybody's leadership and understanding. Hey, if we're uniting together we're actually raising more money and making more of an impact. And as we all, you know, get to know each other even better every year, you know, we understand the fact that we're all working together. So if we support each other, then we're, then we're doubling our impact every time that we talk basically, or doubling our our resources. And that's been the biggest thing that I've noticed since I've been involved in the wild sheep foundation uh, whether just from the chapter level, the support that each chapter gives to each other and, and understanding, hey, we're not working against each other. We're actually working with each other. And that that's what makes the big difference for us. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. It's uh, it's pretty cool to watch and and see how how everybody's uh, how everybody's on the same page. And I, that's the one thing we've talked about recently at uh, the Wild Sheep Foundation is. We've never seen more cooperation than we do, you know, in in this current state. I just, you know, I I I am I'm not a long haul like you guys. I know, like you said, you've been around for ten years. I haven't been in the the game that long, but in the last five years, I've seen more cooperation these last two than we ever have, which is which is pretty cool. I don't know if that's that there's there's bigger reasons for that too beyond the obvious, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um. Okay. Quiz. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Go. That you, know, you talk about the cooperation. I, I, I'm 62 now, so uh, I've got a couple small businesses, and so I have to go through this balancing act every year when I say retire, so I can actually travel around and see. Like, I, I, I my goal is to go to as many 
cheap fundraising, Wild Cheap Foundation chapter banquets as I can go to, right? Go to yours, go, go to Wyoming, go to, go to uh, all of them, Texas, Nevada. But if, if I retire and, and travel like that, I'm not going to be able to afford any more sheep hunts. So I have this little angel and devil every year. That, that, so, but I'm still working, so that tells you what's more important. That's awesome for sure. Um, and, and there is a, a huge spirit of cooperation. Like you talked about it, you're a, you're a life member with um, Wyoming, you're a life member obviously with Eastern, you're a life member with us in BC. Um, and that's a common thing too, right? Awesome. 88 Very with cool. you. Um, so that, that seems to be a thing too, right? You know, we see a lot of that, you know, cross contamination of memberships or life memberships. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, just to see that and, and the support that we give each other in that regard as well. So, all right, uh, let's segue a little bit here. Um, let's talk about you quiz. So uh, I'm a little curious that you, you know, you said you're 62. I didn't realize you're that old. You, you hide it well. Um, and, uh, but you talked about, you know, you grew up you know, deer hunting your whole life and, and you kind of got it late in the came late to this game. What, what is it about wild sheep? So, you know, um, you know, you, you're hook, line and sinker, you're on the board now you're, you've, you've, uh, and you've got another huge accomplishment, which we're going to talk about in a second here, but, but what is it about why, why wild sheep? Why were why not like that with whitetail or mountain goats or what, what, what was it about sheep? Uh, I, I will say I would, probably say it's three things. The first is the species itself, which is just, they are, in, in my opinion, the king of the mountain as a species. And I don't mean that from a predatorial standpoint, obviously, but uh, they are everything a, a mountain big hunter wants to see, dream about, uh, read about, in my opinion, that exists. Uh, and then I would say, secondly, uh, it's the environment which they live, right? I mean, I grew up at sea level. I mean, you know, I tell these, you know, when I'm getting ready to go on a sheep hunt, I'm communicating with the outfitter or the guides. And I mean, I do a lot of that. Sometimes I'll, I'll fly out to see them and meet them in the summer just to know them when I, when I get off the plane. And uh, I mean, I've got sea level lungs and sea level legs. And so for me to be, you know, I just did a, a stone sheep hunt in, in your backyard up in British Columbia it's the most spectacular landscape environment I've ever seen in my life. And I was in awe. I was in pain, but I was in awe every second I spent in those mountains. And then I would say, thirdly, it, it's the camaraderie, the people that will listen to this podcast, the people at, in Reno at National, the people that we talk to about GIAs. It's just, it's just the family involvement of people from all lifestyles, all economic and social environments it it's just it's just something to be a part of and and you know i, I wish i was i wish i had discovered it at 42 because some of these hunts hurt me bad physically uh but that's just you know it's a price you pay yeah absolutely um <laughs> i see rob cheers in there awesome um okay so you just talked about being in bc and, and being on a stone sheep hunt here so um tell us well, I want to talk some sheep hunting here, and I, I want to hear from all three of you guys, but we'll start with you, Quiz. Um, tell us about your sheep experience and uh, your your decades-long of mountain hunting experience for big sheep. Well, uh, let's see. It started, uh, I went on my first hunt, which was a doll hunt 
in uh, Alaska in the Wrangles. That was, uh, I had open heart surgery three years ago on August 23rd. And I really wanted to harvest that sheep on August 23rd. I actually harvested it on August 24th. Uh, so that was, uh, that was in 2021. And in, on August uh, 22nd, I harvested my Finnaws stone sheep. Uh, so it was 362 days. Uh, that's how, that's how uh, passionate I became about it. That's pretty passionate. But talk, talk me through it. So you started off August August twenty third, twenty twenty one. What was that for, and where was it? I was a doll in the Wrangles in Alaska, and uh, I booked that hunt probably two weeks off after I got off the boat talking to Doug. I'd never really heard about sheep hunting, didn't know anything about the species, so I spent uh, you know my evenings googling and researching it. And uh, networked through uh, Doug and some other folks and, and found who I thought was a decent outfitter and uh, uh, booked that doll hunt. And then um, that was going to be in August. And then at the, uh, at the banquet for uh, Eastern, which I was not in attendance for uh, that year, that first year, they pulled my tag for the Wyoming governor's tag, Bighorn. And so, uh, I, I mean, I literally, and, and I talked to the outfitter, he wanted me to come the first week, uh, but the first week was while I was going to be in Alaska. So I went to Alaska, harvested a doll, flew home, washed my gear for three days and flew to Wyoming and, uh, went on a horseback, uh, bighorn hunt. And I'll tell you, you guys grew up in the mountains. You probably all grew up riding horses. I <laughs> I got on that horse, and in five minutes, he knew what I didn't know what I was doing. It was quite hysterical for uh, five days. Uh, so then that happened. So then I started thinking, well, I guess if I'm going to have two, I might as well try to get this Grand Slam thing. So uh, I booked a hunt in Sonora and uh, had some issues with that, but it ended up working out. And so in February, uh, I'm sorry, in March of 21, uh, booked, uh, harvested a, a desert in Sonora. And then uh, through the outfitter that uh, I used in Wyoming, he actually came with the tag that, uh, that I won. Uh, I started networking about a stone, and he is real good friends with one of the big outfitters in BC. Uh, they've known each other for 30 years. And uh, he said, hey, if, I've never been up there to hunt, so if you book a stone, I'll go with you. Not as a paid guide. I just want to go see their operation. I'll go with you. And again, for a guy that hurts in the mountains, and I'm a little older, uh, and he's younger, and he's been hunting sheep for 30 years, uh, I said, well, shit, I, excuse me, shoot, I might as well uh, just do it. So I booked a hunt, and because he was going, they fit me in that year. And uh, that's the rest of the story is six, 362 days for a fendoff. That's pretty awesome. So it, it didn't start out a quest. You, 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 you got off the boat with Doug and you knew, okay, I want to do this. You booked the hunt two weeks later. So you just want to go sheep hunting. But then had you I, not won that Wyoming I, tag, would you, would you wanted to, would you said, I'm doing this thing no matter what? Or was, was that the catalyst here? Like, oh, I'm already there. I might as well go. I will, I will admit um, th that the uh, the doll uh, from that booked hunt might have been the only sheep I ever harvested. 
Um, and then again, and I tell people through two different wild sheep foundation chapters working hand in hand, uh, and me saying, you know, I really, you know, I really am excited about this. I'm going to go ahead and buy some tickets. That, that, that gave me the, the, uh, the big horn. And then once I had that, then I was, I, I had to go through with all of them. <laughs> so obviously you spent a little dough on some of these other hunts. Uh, any regrets? Do you look back and go, oh, I should have, should have not done that. Any, you look back no. on it and you're, no one ever regrets no, spending no. it, right? No, it's you know you regret not doing it after. It's it's never once it's done you go ah I should have done that. Remember this this all started for me. It's at fifty nine. I'm sixty, and that was the boat trip with Doug. But I didn't go on my first hunt for two years because, as you know, these hunts book out. So the analogy I'll give you is I'm sixty two, and I had an early man crush on Christy Alley, uh, who, as you know, just passed away after finding out she had cancer in sixty days. So I don't regret spending a dollar of that money, and I'm probably going to spend more. <laughs> awesome. I mean, what right. are you going to do with money when you're 85? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, not, you're not going sheep hunting, probably. <laughs> I, I want to look at sheep on my wall when I'm 85. Change my diapers and let me look at my sheep. All right, Doug, let's talk about you. So little lady luck there, I would say, like on this, this sheep tag for Wyoming for you. But uh, – Equally as much for you, Doug. But talk a little bit about uh, you know that your draw, and then but, but let's start. Let's back it up because you did a lot, bunch of sheep hunting before you even won a tag, right? Yeah, well, I did. I did a few hunts. Um, you know, my my sheep uh, sheep quest started in 2015, and I booked a Rocky Mountain Bighorn. I was fortunate enough to uh, in Alberta, and I uh, was fortunate enough to to get my first sheep. And then at that point, uh I'm, unlike quiz after my first sheep i'm like i'm hooked i'm, I'm ready to go and I, I i realized that uh i i was i was gonna have to uh take for my kids college funds or do whatever i needed to do to get it done but um so in 18 i actually went hunting with rob for the first uh we went on a, a dull sheep hunt uh in bonnet plume and um in 2019 we won i won that um the uh, finos from Eastern Chapter, but I'd split the ticket with my buddy, so he took the uh, Delhan Bighorn and uh, I took the Desert and uh, Stone. So uh, I ended up getting a, a Desert sheep uh, two years ago in Sonora, and then um, I've had I have, I've been a little strikey out on the Stone situation. So my my win from Eastern Chapter was my third Stone sheep hunt. Uh, so I'm going on number four. So if anybody, uh, if we can find us a good stone sheep outfitter, I sure would like to end that one on my fourth hunt for a stone sheep, uh, versus going on five. But, uh, recently I took my son for his graduation present. We went to Kyrgyzstan, uh, in October, a few months ago, uh, got a Marco Polo and he got an Ibex and, uh, we had a great time and, and Kyrgyzstan is a sheep hunting slash Ibex hunting, uh, high alpine hunt uh, graduation gift to him. So it was a good time. Uh, that's pretty cool. So you're still working on the on the stone? Yeah, the stone the stone's my elusive one. That's the one that's going to be, uh, I got to get that one out of the way before it, it, it haunts my dreams every night. So, <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, and it's interesting. We talked to you guys and, um, you know, I, 
it's there's no slam dunk with a guided hunt, right? A lot of people think, oh yeah, you know, it's, uh, but uh, you know, you got to earn it, and you've seen that quiz. You you know, you it's remarkable that you're able to accomplish what you did in 362 days. Uh, but just, you know, it goes to show you the level of commitment and how hard it is. Uh, and there's so many challenges on all those hunts to, to accomplish that. So um, do, do you have another book, hunt booked out or one on, in, in mind uh, right now, Doug, or what's going on? I'll tell you what. It's, uh, I got one this fall, and I'm willing to book more. So, <laughs> uh, hey, I will subsequently back a stone sheep hunt with another stone sheep hunt at this point. I'm four in. I'm going to be four in. I might as well go five in and just hunt a month straight and try to try to get it done because I'm so close. I was going to say you talk about, uh, you, know, think, you know, thinking that you book with an outfitter, it's going to be a done deal. So my uh, stone sheep hunt was a seven-day hunt. Um, and I took my better three quarters um, with me, and she she has gone with me on a lot of hunts, and she's actually really good on a horse. She had a blast. But so on day eight, she flew home, and uh, because I was the last hunter, there wasn't any hunters a week after. They let me stay until I harvested my sheep. So I harvested my my sheep on the twelfth day. So it was not it wasn't a, it wasn't a layup. Um, you know, by by day eleven, I almost felt acclimated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, no giveaways there, right? It's you know, it's still a a darn uh, a darn tough job to do to to harvest sheep and to get out there, and, and certainly no giveaways with a with a, a guided hunt for sure. Um, all right, Rob, let's let's hear your story. Where where are you at? Where do you sit? You got your you're working on your second finales, probably. Eh? <laughs> man do i wish i mean i can tell you that the, the the mountain bug bit me when i went uh for my mountain goat hunt many years ago and i'm sitting in my trophy room looking at it right now and it's just uh it's it's a great memory and 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 after that it, it was a number of years and as doug said uh you know we went we went doll sheep hunting and uh and i shot a good ram and it wasn't I won't say it wasn't much of a sheep hunt. It was what a sheep hunt you would expect, maybe, uh, but it wasn't what he had. Uh, I, 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 my, my sheep hunt was we found our rams before the season even opened. Day one, they were better in a bad spot. Day two, they came right where they should have, and, and I shot my ram. Day three, we, we, we crawled off the mountain. Day three and a half, we went up a creek bed about five miles shot a mountain caribou and or actually no, it was a barren ground barren ground caribou but we shot him in the mountains and uh and that was my my first sheep hunt uh my second sheep hunt is actually due to be uh due to be had february 1st of 2023 so uh you know we're gonna go down to mexico and uh, hopefully shoot my desert and then we'll continue after it after there uh I, i've been in touch with uh gentlemen in and the and I guess it would be Alberta for my uh, for for my my big horn, and I still have to sort out my stones. So you know we'll we'll see how we do. I'm gonna keep after it until uh, until we get her all done. So it's uh, it's it's always fun fun to chase after anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna go back to you for a second here, Doug, and uh, if you could talk a little bit about uh, you know a lot of guys do this international hunting now, right? And um, you know, a lot of these hunts, you know, you look at a stone sheep hunt, they're getting pretty expensive these days, but big horns are too. Um, so a lot of people are, you know, economically will go on some, and then there's obviously some overseas hunts that are 
quite pricey as well, depending on what you're after. But, you know, what was the experience like for you being overseas? Did you enjoy that stuff? Or, you know, I, obviously you guys have finaz or, you know, getting your slam on the radar. But what was it like doing that international stuff? Well, you know, I, I guess I've been hunting internationally for 10 years now, 10 or 12. But, um, you know, the I will say this, the prices are definitely different than they are in North America. So it is it actually becomes just a little bit more affordable when you go uh, out of the country. Uh, I, I did have a stone or a snow sheep booked in Russia for this year, but uh, that one kind of got a little delayed um, <laughs> due to other political reasons. But, um, you know, the, the international hunting, you know, I find uh, to be very intriguing what's great about the sheep world is that no matter what country in all the people are the same. And so when we get to, for instance, I took my son to Kyrgyzstan, like I just said, when we get to those countries, everybody has the same passion. We all have the same uh, drive and we all enjoy the same things. It's, it's not, there's no cultural difference in, in our, in our likes and, and habits and what we're, and what we're doing. In fact, it's more of a, a be cliche and say a bonding experience between us and the people that we meet. Uh, but it's a great way to learn a culture and learn the, and learn the people and uh, sharing the common, the common thread of sheep hunting or, or whatever you're hunting in that country for that matter, doesn't matter. Um, you know, we found in, a, in, you know, I've had my son to Zimbabwe and some other places as well, both uh, around the world. And no matter where we go, we always come back with the same thing. The people are just like us. The only difference is they just live in a different country. And, uh, you know, we can get involved in all the political things that happen in different countries, but in the end, we're all the same. And and that's what it's really opened up to our eyes through the, through the years and through these trips that we've taken is, hey, we, we all share the same the same common thread of life and, and, and our passion for hunting or whatever uh, in that world. So the international hunting has been a great blessing on me and my family as far as that goes. And uh, so I wouldn't trade it for the world. I would encourage anyone to get out and, and don't be afraid to go out. There's it's, it's safe. There's no safety concerns. Your outfitters book with a reputable outfitter and just go again. <laughs> big key term is reputable outfitter. Go through people that, you know, through the sheep foundation, you know, we, we deal, um, we deal with those guys and we've deal. I'm sure your chapter has two for years. Same people. Uh, just books you through the right agents and I can guarantee you're going to have the time of your life and, and learn about a new culture at the same time. Yeah, well said, Doug. And I think that's a bit of our pitch for certainly the Eastern show and, and uh, for National to Sheep Week, right? If you're thinking about doing some of these hunts, um, it's reputable outfitters that are going to be at these shows. You know, they're vetted ahead of time. And, um, you know, we've we've seen, unfortunately, a few over the years that, you know, you shouldn't be hunting with and you shouldn't be booking with. So certainly worth doing your homework on and, and certainly, you know, talking to the leadership at Eastern or Sheep Week or any of the chapter and affiliates and just getting some references is definitely worth it. You might find a deal, but there's probably a reason for that deal if you're not careful. So, yeah, I think that's that's really sage advice. Uh, did your son kill an Ibex on that trip or on was did he get his grad grad harvest in or what happened? He awesome. did. He, he killed an Ibex on the uh, second day we were there and uh, he had never shot a rifle over uh, – I don't think over 200 yards and he shot his Ibex at 500. Oh, wow. So awesome. uh, thanks to Griffin and Hal, got to plug them while they're on here. Big support of the Eastern chapter. Uh, they had my rifle dialed in for me through some, uh, 
the stuff, but uh, it, it was uh, very, and let me tell you something, if you've never seen the smile on a kid's face, uh, he's 20 years old. Um, I can tell you one thing, it's something he'll never forget. And it is something I'll never forget as a father, but I think the greatest experience during that trip was uh, not, not the day he killed at Ibex, but we, we had what we called a sheep day during that trip where we did the old uh, 1500 vertical feet climb straight up the mountain and a group of Ibex that we were hunting. He'd already killed out, so he was just with me. And uh, he, we got to the top, and of course they winded us. It was gone. They were just gone. Bottom line is we spent three hours hiking, four hours hiking up this thing, and in ten minutes it was over. And uh, we were all, you know, we started to go back down. We were all just exhausted, physically done, and and I'll never forget. Uh, he looked around. He said, "Dad." I'm a little bit nervous because we had to go through the cliffs and he's not a heights kid. And so anyway, we got through all that and we got to the bottom. And as a father uh, looking at your son, we, when we got to the bottom, he said something I never thought I'd hear him say. He looked back up where we hiked from and where, what all everything we've been through. And he goes, dad, that's the greatest thing I've ever done in my oh. life. And, and we did not kill a thing that day. All we did was run ourselves in the ground. And uh, I think that's what sheep hunting is about when I really look at it and, and alpine hunting, whichever way you want to put it. Um, it's experiences like that that push us all. And my son pushed himself that day, and, and that showed him a lot more than I could ever teach him. So uh, that's the great experience of taking your children and, and doing things like that. So Yeah, very cool. Rob? Yeah, and I think what Doug just said is, is 110%. 110% spot on. So this this last year I took my kids again they're my my kids are young they're 2 7 11 years old so very very young but we took them to Camp Bighorn and uh and and that's out in Wyoming at the uh Na- National Bighorn Sheep Center puts it on and after that trip was done we didn't do anything per se right we 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 had hiked a bunch they saw a lot of stuff. They learned a lot of stuff. Mycology, you know, th- th- they saw things that they never would have seen out east. And independently, my 11-year-old and 7-year-old both came to me at different times and said, Daddy, that was the very best trip we've been on. And I think that's what it's all about, right? I mean, like Doug said, his son captured it in that moment. Like, we didn't kill anything. But... But it, but what an experience! And and my kids did the exact same thing. And and it really is that that's that's what again we weren't sheep hunting when I went out to the the, the National Bighorn Sheep Center and uh, the Whiskey Mountain Conservation Camp. It wasn't about sheep hunting. It was about experience. It was about immersing yourself in the time that you're there. And uh, and 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 for as little as it was, and, and I'm I'm not belittling it. It it it. it it was simple, but it was amazing. And the kids harnessed it. They got it. It was a different type of experience. And I think, you know, for, for my two older kids, the two-year-old is, is still too young to, to, to get any of it. But for the two older kids, they, 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 they understood a bit more about conservation. And they understood a bit more about the experience and, and why it matters. Yeah, well said. Um yeah, huge. Uh, Steve, Steve's quiet there, but I know his daughter Kaylee is just 
avid. Uh, she's 10 years old. She's got her, does she have her hunting license yet? Not yet. She's been studying like a maniac, but uh, yeah, she, as you know, she comes out with me every chance she gets and has done since, well, since mom would, would let her go in the truck with me <laughs> with a bottle and uh, diapers. But God, I think it was her fourth birthday fifth birthday maybe i said what do you want to do today for her birthday she's born at the end of september and she says i want to go hunting fishing and trapping and then berry picking we got to do all in the one day and yeah she just she loves it she knows where her food comes from and yeah i'm stoked to she wants to get her license hopefully this year in time to get a spring bear so that's her favorite so yeah so steve if i come and visit you I want to go hunting, fishing, and trapping. Just, just FYI. <laughs> Anytime. Doors open. Uh, talk about a spoiled little kid. Uh, I, I say that I love your daughter, Steve. But, you know, yeah, I just want to do those three things today. That's all I want to do. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So uh, awesome. Okay, so I, I know we uh, you know, we we're getting deep in the podcast here. Before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about membership. So you want to get involved with Eastern? You want to support Wild Sheep? Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, becoming a member, becoming a life member, becoming a pinnacle member. I'm, I'm proud to say I'm a life member of the Eastern. Love what you guys do. Love your supporting you guys. Let's talk membership a little bit, please. Yeah. So, you know, our, 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 our membership, you know, the, uh, the life membership, I think is 500 bucks, the pinnacle life membership, which is the, the kind of the, the apex of our membership at this point is a thousand. Um, you know, the, the, the benefit of being both a life member and pinnacle life member, we actually do annual, um, drawings, right? Uh, it, it, typically you have to be there to, 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 to be able to win what we, what we put off, but it's perennial. So, you know, you could be there on any given year and just say, Hey, Look, I'm here. I have an opportunity. So our our life members, they get one opportunity. This year, what we're doing is we're, our Pinnacle Life members get four opportunities uh, to win our, our, our drawing. So it's uh, it, it's a lot more of a, the odds for Pinnacle membership are a lot higher. Um, we also have a, a life member luncheon that we do on the Friday. Um, this year, it's for a floor credit for our for our both our, our, our exhibit hall and our our auction um, and and the the life and pinnacle life member drawing is going to be for a mountain lion hunt with uh, the it's Dan Adler and, um, and 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 those guys are giving us a ten year window to use for a mountain lion hunt so it's 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 a pretty cool situation um, and I, I've hunted coos deer with them it was top notch it was you know all business very successful and, uh, and 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 a lot of fun and obviously you know the our, our our membership is our backbone and they are what makes the the chapter tick so you know obviously continue to support continue to to to, to just get involved and uh and you know we're, we're we're happy to have you in the family awesome um quiz talk talk to me about membership why is it so important you're buying all these memberships with all these other chapter and, and affiliates. So why are you doing this? Uh, I, I think that there are uh, things in this world that, uh, especially the United States, that um, deserve to be not just recognized, but but kept going and bettered for the future. And I think that, uh, you know, the as we all know, wild sheep from a uh, – biological standpoint and a, a disease standpoint uh, 
need to be protected. And once you get involved in this, once you've been up there and you've watched them, once you've sat behind your binoculars uh, and watched a, a, a group of sheep, uh, whether there, whether there's something in that group you want to harvest or not, but just watch them. And th- they're a majestic creature, all, all of the species. And I think it's a way for me to contribute to conservation for something I'm very passionate about. And I think that each chapter, they have their own projects. Uh, they have their own uh, uh, benefits to, to raise money. But I think that I, I can't do a lot of that. As I've said to you guys on and off this podcast, I mean, I'd love to come to your events every year, but I, I can't get to them. So to me, a life membership is a way to help support the work that they're doing, whether it's in their own backyard or whether they're distributing uh, the, the success of, of what they raise financially across you know the North America continent. Eastern's a great chapter, and I uh, certainly support you guys and love what you're doing. And I said this on the last podcast that we did, we couldn't get there, and I'll say it again. So uh, for the th- first three people that go and buy an Eastern, uh, what was what was the deal? Are they got to buy three to Eastern? I'll buy three to Wild Sheep BC. Is that what I was doing, or is it the other way around? Yeah, okay. So that's the deal. So the first three people that sign up to uh, Eastern for regular membership, sorry, I'm not doing life memberships, um, I'll reciprocate and buy you one for a BC. Um, so that's the trade-off. And if nobody buys any, then I guess I'll have to pinnacle up. So that's the plan. So Rob, you said you'll communicate with me those names, and uh, we'll be sure to get those out there. So um, yeah, so two for the price of one. Uh, and and Steve, you know, you mentioned this, you know, and it's inspiring about paying it forward, right? And uh, I think it's pretty cool that, and I see a lot of that too. And I don't get me wrong; I'm not um, I'm not a benevolent person, but I see other people doing it. And it inspires you, right? You see other people that buy memberships and support other uh, organizations, and it's pretty cool. And and I know there's a lot of that in our wild sheep family. And for me, it's a, a great opportunity to introduce people to the great work that all these organizations are doing, and just such a great spirit of uh, one tent, one campfire in our wild sheep family. So I think um, with that. We've taken a big chunk of your night, so we're going to get some closing remarks, and we'll go to Mr. President, Rob. Hey, so uh, before we close out, I just wanted to thank you guys. I, I know we're doing these spotlight you know, auctions on our, you know, at, at our event, and I know you guys have been kind enough to donate uh, the BC Wild Country Outfitters Black Bear Hunt, and, uh, and that will be working in concert with a, a specific GIA with you know, w- with BC, we've got a number of those going on, and and those specific auctions will be supporting specific grants and aid, and those are going to be super important to us. Those 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 are the partnerships that we're we're looking to build upon, and uh, and 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 really in our future, we're looking to continue to to develop and blossom so so they can become bigger in years ahead so again we're super appreciative of bc we're super appreciative of you guys and uh, and again look look very much forward to to working together in the years ahead uh, likewise robin i think that's the thing is you know we, we want to support you guys you guys have been so generous over the years to us and it's so important that we can we can try and reciprocate back so um, yeah, we've got that generous donation. It's a bear hunt at a Smithers. It's going to be a great hunt, and uh, uh, we'll look for that on your your guys' auction. And uh, you guys run online hunting auctions, right? You run that through your platform, um, don't you? 
Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, we we'll have Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon auctions, and uh, all that's available online. It's all available, obviously, in person. So it's uh, it's always a great time. Yeah, and that's a great hunt too, for sure. So awesome, um, Steve, Doug. Any qu- parting parting thoughts before we let you guys get back to your evening? Well, I mean, I'll jump in and just say that uh, my uh, my venture into Wild Cheap Foundation on various levels uh, has not just been a monetary commitment, it's been a time commitment. And um, I think that uh, you guys have a lot of political things going on in Canada. We have political things going on here in the U.S. And I think that um, protecting both uh, the natural resources of land, the natural resources of game, of game, excuse me, uh, at all levels, whether it's a, a eastern turkey or a bighorn sheep in Alberta or a, a stone sheep, which is probably one of the, 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 the ones that be protected the most in British Columbia. Um, I think we all need to do our part, and I think that there's rewards at all levels for that, right? There's personal satisfaction. Um, there's rewards of seeing a vision for the future, and there's rewards of the camaraderie of, of your buddy wing, winning a hunt that you didn't win, but he's taking you on. So I just think it's a great, uh, a great thing to get involved in at any level you can afford the time or the money. And I know you guys are very welcoming in BC and we're very welcoming on the Eastern chapter. Awesome. Really well said for sure. Doug, anything? Yeah, I'll say, I'll just have, I just have one thing and I'll say, you know, we, we focus on raising money and donating money and, and these programs, but uh, we, we can't forget to focus on the next generation and getting them out there and exposed to these hunts and exposed to what being in the outdoors is versus, you know, be sitting behind a TV playing video games or whatever. So I would encourage everybody, you know, uh, to take a kid, uh, bring him to a show, you know, if you know him or not, but, just get them out there, get them in the woods, get get them in the, get them in the wilderness, educate them before somebody else that doesn't support what we do educates them. Because if they see what, what is really out there, they will be behind what we're doing a hundred percent because we're actually the true conservationists. So um, just, just remember to take a kid hunting. It's the old school saying, just take a kid hunting. That's the best thing we can do. Yeah. Awesome. Well said, Rob. And to echo what what Doug said, and and I know he's said it before, maybe not on this podcast, but but other times I've heard him say it, you know, our families have gone hunting together. I've got an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And Doug, your kids are what, 21? You you can correct me on the ages, but 21, probably, you know, 15 or 16 and, you know, whatever. He's got three boys as well, but they're older than my kids. And when we go to a hunting camp together... And we spend that time together. You wouldn't know that they were that far in age apart. They have a great time. And and the kids have a great time immersed in nature, immersed in the experience, immersed in just having fun outside. And I know mm-hmm. Doug's 21. oldest boy, Lane, is probably, what, Doug, 21, 22 years old at this time. And my, my, 21. My oldest daughter's 11. And the two of them, they can ride on a side-by-side for an hour and a half, two hours together. The two of them will have an absolute scream and absolute tear together. And it just doesn't matter because they're having a good time outdoors with each other. And uh, and I think that's, at the end of the day, what 
all of this is all about. It's about brotherhood. It's about loyalty. It's about conservation. And it's about just spending time in the places and spaces that we all hold so dear. And we have to make sure that those things exist many years down the road for not our kids, not our not our grandkids, but, but their grandkids. So. Yeah, really well said. Uh, it's funny, you know, we do these podcasts and we, we had to do, redo this one, but the theme was completely different, right? You, you, you know, we, we talked about something completely different, but it's, uh, yeah, something just equally as important and uh, really cool, really cool theme tonight and love it for sure. So, gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for your time and uh, really excited about uh, Sheep Week. All three of you guys going? Yes, I'll see you there. Yep. Yep, I'll be in on Friday. Yeah, it should be a good one, and uh, pretty stoked about it. And um, and then we, uh, of course, we got all our shows coming up. And you guys are, you said, third week of February. Yeah, February seventeenth and eighteenth. Okay, people can get tickets over. Give us the address there, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. If you uh, visit www.ecwsf.org, uh, you know, right, right on there. If you go to the convention link, the, uh, the 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 tickets are all available online. If you get in before, I think it's December thirty first, you get the early bird pricing, which is discounted. So uh, we'd love to see everybody there. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for your evening tonight, and uh, look forward to seeing you next month in Reno. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, gents. Thank you very much.